Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. I believe it was John the Baptist as he was, the Bible declares that he would be preparing the way for Jesus. And the Bible declares that John the Baptist said, and his kingdom would have no end. I don't know about nobody else, but that's good news. I, I was encouraged by the worship today because when you can't figure it out, it's good to know that he reigns. When you don't know what to do, it's good to know that he reigns. That he reigns over every situation, every circumstance in my life. When I don't have the power to make a change in my circumstance, somebody say he reigns. That's good news. His kingdom shall have no end. It don't matter what attacks are coming my way. His kingdom shall have no end. That's good news to me. I'm so glad that we serve a God that reigns. Somebody say he reigns. I don't know if you know that this morning, but he reigns. He reigns in my life. He reigns in your life. His kingdom shall have no end. And for that, God, we say thank you. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise for the presence of our God. Hallelujah. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. I want you to take up your Bibles quickly. I want us to go to Luke chapter 9. We're going to be looking at verses 57 through 62. My wife uh, listed a number of people that we need um, to continue to pray for. But I also want us to pray for the family of Rhonda Willingham. Many of you may know her from a former ministry, um, but she also transitioned to be with the Lord. So we want to keep her lifted in prayer. We want to keep Mother Alvera and, and uh, her grandson Dequavius in prayer. He lost his half-sister um, recently, so keep them lifted in prayer. But somebody say, we serve a God that reigns. Yeah, we serve a God that reigns. It's so good to have Miss Ozzy back in the house of the Lord with us. Um, her, gra- her granddaughter was having some health challenges, but somebody say, the Lord reigns. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for just healing power in her granddaughter's life? Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9. We're going to look at verse number 57. We're going to read 57 through 62. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Somebody say, Jesus. Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. How many of us have said that? And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, this man said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. Verse 61, and another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Verse 62 says, but Jesus said, no one, somebody say no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back 
is fit for the kingdom of God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject, access to the kingdom. Access to the kingdom. I've been, I started a sermon series called Thy Kingdom Come. And I said, it's critical as every believer, Jesus instructed his disciples to pray this prayer, Thy Kingdom Come. And watch this, it says, on earth as it is in heaven. So the very things that are available in heaven should be available to me. Some might say on the earth. But the only way that I receive that type of inheritance, if his kingdom comes. And I talked about this on last week and I said, we've got to understand the authenticity of the kingdom. Because many people shout kingdom this, kingdom that, and they're not really kingdom. So, so if I'm going to advance God's kingdom on the earth, I've got to know what his kingdom looks like. Somebody say, I got to know what it looks like. So I talked about the authenticity of the kingdom, but here I need y'all to understand it makes no sense if we can see what kingdom is and not have access to that. Uh, I, I don't want to see and know where the kingdom is and not have access to it. And here's something even greater to understand about the kingdom of God. The authority of the kingdom is only given to those who have access. Did y'all hear what I just said? The authority. Somebody say, I need authority. So when the enemy is wrecking havoc in my life, somebody say, I need authority. When I need to call down healing upon my body, somebody say, I need authority. I, I need the authority of the kingdom. And if I'm going to get the authority, I've got to have access. Somebody may be saying, how do I know this? Watch what Jesus declared to Peter. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say there's keys. Keys re refer to access. And if I don't have those keys, I do not have the authority of the kingdom. So in other words, this means the access to the kingdom will always precede authority to the kingdom. You can't say that. I know you think you're a prayer warrior, but if you don't have access, you have no authority. I know you got all these titles and you bishop this and bishop that, a bishop of this and all of that. But if you have no access, you have no authority. Uh, somebody say, I need authority. So it's important to note, I need us to see something in this text. Why is this so critical to understand? Watch this concerning Peter. So he makes mention of this to Peter about giving him the keys to the kingdom in Matthew 16. But I need you to understand, Peter went from fisherman to disciple in Matthew chapter 4. So Jesus said, I'm going to call you to be one of my disciples. Somebody say he still didn't have access yet. Peter witnessed the healing of his mother-in-law in Matthew chapter 8. So you can see miracles and still not have access. And watch this. Peter even walked on water by faith in Jesus in Matthew chapter 14. And he still yet did not have access. It was not until, watch this, Matthew chapter 16, that Peter was giving access to the kingdom of heaven. So you can be transformed. You can see triumphs in your life. You can even have a testimony and still not have access to the kingdom. So, so, so I don't want to just see God move and I don't have access to this authority that I need. I don't just want to move from being um, unsaved to save and still not have authority in the kingdom. You've got believers without authority. And the reason they don't have authority is because they don't have access. Someone say, God, give me those keys. Yeah, I need those type of keys in my life. This means you can associate with the kingdom and still not have access to the kingdom. Ooh, that's a sad tragedy, y'all. Even more, that means you can be an associate with the kingdom and not have the authority of the kingdom. And if we can be honest, void of our access and authority in the kingdom, we'll never experience the abundance of the kingdom. 
the real way in which I walk into this, this abundance. You know, when the Bible says I open up the windows of heaven, I need access and authority to get that. Somebody say abundance. So, so, so it's critical for us to understand how do I now get this level of access? That means we can be devout churchgoers and still be defeated. We can be Christians and still be consumed. We can faithfully study his word and not see fruit. I don't want to read my Bible and not see somebody say fruit. Uh, because hell, watch this, always has the advantage over the believer that does not have access to the authority of the kingdom. Hell will always beat you down if you don't have access to this authority. Uh, somebody say, I'm going to give you a Bible. Because I, th- I know y'all, I, I think y'all feeling me just a little bit. I, 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 notice what happened to the sons of Sceva and a Jewish priest in Acts chapter 19, verse 16, when they encountered a servant of hell. I know the Bible says you will trample over servants and serpents and won't be harmed. If you don't have access, maybe you're behind will. Watch this. The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house. Someone say naked. Yeah, well, we, y'all, y'all just picture the scene. And, and, and wounded. They were beat by a servant of hell. And somebody might be saying, why? Because hell will always beat you up when you don't have, watch this, the backing of heaven. I want heaven to have my back in every encounter that I have with hell. And if I don't have access to the kingdom, I don't have the backing of heaven. Someone say, I need the backing of heaven. I don't care what kind of title you got. I don't care how, you, how long you've been saved. I don't care that they got a seat for you in your church home that says reserved for the mother. You can have a seat that is reserved in here, but not reserved in heaven. Someone say, I want access. Y'all want all these titles and all these seats that's reserved for you, but you have no authority of the kingdom. So if you feel, watch this, if it's hell is beating you down, you may need to question, do you have the backing of heaven? The, the, The greatest thing that any believer can have is when God co-signs on you. I don't care about no 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 ecclesiastical um, organization having co-signing on me. I don't care about my job co-signing on me. Somebody say I need to be co-signed by heaven. Oh yeah, I want I want heaven to co-sign on me. Uh, so the question we gotta ask ourselves: Do I have the backing of heaven? Somebody say, Do I have access? And this is why Jesus again admonishes his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come. Because the inability, watch this, for the kingdom of hell to rule on earth is made, but made possible when the believer has access to the resources of heaven. I, I needed to say, I need to just slow that down just for a little bit. The inability for the kingdom of hell to have rule on the earth is determined by, watch this, the believer's ability to have access to the resources of heaven. I know you got a lot of money, but those ain't the kind of resources I need. Somebody say, I need heaven's resources. I I, I know that you've been saved for 16, 30, 20 years, but I don't need those kind of resources. Somebody say, I need the resources of heaven. And if I don't want hell to rule on the earth, I've got to get access to the resources of heaven. And this is why Jesus gives Peter access to the kingdom. Then watch what he declares to Peter. This is how I know. I'm not just saying something out of my mouth. He says, whatever you bind on earth, you're bound in heaven. Somebody say, because he had keys. 
whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Somebody say he had keys. So it's not about my title. It's not how well I pray. It's because I have someone say access. Oh, that's good news, y'all. That watches because the kingdom of hell has to, to, to submit to the believer that has access. The kingdom of hell has to be made subject to the believer that has subject uh, that has access. And watches the kingdom of hell is subdued by the believer who has access. So the critical thing is, someone say, I've got to get access. And this is why it's critical that we not simply be believers that are associated with the kingdom of God, but that we are believers that have access to the kingdom of God. So here's some questions we got to ask ourselves. How do we gain access to the kingdom of heaven? I want to be like Peter. God, I need you to give me some keys to the kingdom. How do we receive the backing of heaven so that hell won't beat us down? I believe we got too many believers getting beat down by hell because they don't have the backing of heaven. I don't want to be like the sons of Sceva. I don't want to be. And watch this. He was a Jewish priest. So in other words, he knew the law. He studied the word. He was disciplined in the things of God. But he was still beat down by hell. Woo, somebody say the devil is a lie. That can't be me. I'm sorry. He can get beat down, but not me. And I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. Jesus in our foundational text reveals what it requires for us to be fit for the kingdom. I want to be considered and deemed fit for the kingdom. What it requires to have access to the kingdom of God. And I believe it's essential for every believer. Somebody say every believer. It don't matter what, what seat you sit in. It don't matter if you're the pastor. It don't matter if you're the missionary. It don't matter if you lead the intercessory prayer team. All of us, somebody say all of us need access so my yeah so my prayer this morning is that we continue in our pursuit to ensure that the lord kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven so let us glean some wisdom from our text and i'm gonna be out y'all way all right notice what verse number 57 says the bible says now what happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him lord i will follow you wherever you go god supplies keys to his kingdom to those that seek his kingdom it's just that simple, y'all. If you want the kingdom, somebody say, seek the kingdom. He's not going to give you keys if you don't seek the kingdom. Because God only supplies to the degree that to those that seek. This is, whatever I need from God, I've got to seek it. Somebody say, I've got to seek. And y'all think just because you get saved that God is just going to do some stuff arbitrarily. But somebody say, I've got to seek God. And we've got a lot of believers that do not seek God. I know y'all, I know y'all, some of y'all do not seek God. Y'all don't, the only time that you see God or seek God is in the church on Sunday morning. And somebody say, that's not enough. Because the enemy's job is 24-7. So I've got to seek God at all times. Somebody say, at all times. And I'm not saying that you got to be on your face at all times, but you've got to acknowledge him in all your ways. In the morning, just say, God, thank you. Even if it's just a devotion, God, I'm seeking your face. I'm in a season where I don't know what to do and I'm just seeking him. God, I don't know what to do. But God, all, I, all I'm walking around and saying is, God, I need you. It's not being up here on your face with a, with a um, sheet over you, but it's just acknowledging God and all that you do. Somebody say acknowledge God. God gives priority to those that give priority to him. Watch what Hebrews 11.6 says. He says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The problem is, is that many times we seek him, but we don't seek him diligently. 
We only seek him when it's convenient for us rather than diligently. Somebody say always. Men should, men should pray without fainting. Ooh, men might always pray. And he realized one of the reasons that many believers fail to receive access to the kingdom of God is because many believers fail to seek the kingdom of God. Watch this. We have believers that seek their plans. Somebody, somebody say my plans. We seek their, their power. Somebody say my power. And we seek our prosperity. Somebody say my prosperity. And somebody might be saying, Pastor why is that wrong? What's so wrong with that? You know, I got plans for my life. You know, I know I want to I wanna set up a legacy for my family, so I need some level of prosperity. I'm trying to move up the ladder on my job, so I need a level of power. What's wrong with that, Pastor Keith? Well, watch this. When we seek our plans, our power, and, and our prosperity before God's, watch this, then we're really seeking our kingdom and not his. Somebody say, seek his kingdom. Many of us are building our own kingdoms. And you wonder why God has not made you a priority because you have not made him one. Somebody say, help us today. You're more concerned about how your resume look with men rather than how your resume looks with God. Oh, somebody say, your priorities are out of whack. God will never give you access to his kingdom when your kingdom takes priority over his. And, and here's a critical, I, I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. I'm going to give you a Bible for that. Notice, notice why the Lord declared this to the children of Israel in Isaiah 30, verse 1. He says this, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me. And who devise plans, but not of my spirit. Somebody might be saying, I, I thought I needed to move and proceed with wisdom. The Lord was saying that their seeking lacked his desires, his direction, and his dominion. The agenda of the kingdom was not in their seeking, so God was not pleased. God, if I'm, and listen, if I'm going to pursue this job, God, I need you to be in it. If I'm going to pursue this marriage, God, I need you to be in it. It's nothing wrong with your plans, but somebody say God has to be in it. Yeah, God has to be in it. Because watch this, even beyond the access of, of the kingdom of God, if God ain't in it, I ain't got no grace. So as soon as at the sign of trouble, if someone say it's going to be over for me, I don't care what I seek. I'm, we're looking, me and my wife are looking for a house right now for our family. But we're not going to force anything. We need God to be in it. This is how folk get houses and lose them because God was never in it. I know you got the money one day, but watch this. If God wasn't in it, you're not going to keep it. So, 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 because watch this. Because I need God to co-sign on all my stuff. I don't know about nobody else, but listen, I can't keep my marriage. I need God to co-sign on it. I can't even keep my own mind. I need God to co-sign on it. And watch this. And the, it, as it was with the children of Israel, so it is with us. When we don't seek the agenda of God's kingdom, we will never have access to his kingdom. And this is why one, um, that, this one encounter that Jesus had on his, on his journey, he said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Ooh, someone say that's critical. He made a declaration that his desire was to seek Christ in his kingdom. Wherever I go, God, I need you to be in it. God, if I go there, I need you, watch this, to go before me. Somebody say, just make his kingdom a priority. Ooh. And the Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you, somebody say, the desires. Ooh. Now that's good news, y'all. He just needs you to make him a priority. 
Uh, so, so, so the question we got to ask ourselves is, really, do we seek the kingdom? Is his kingdom our pursuit and our priority? That's a, that's a critical question to ask ourselves. And somebody might be saying, how do I know? How do I know if I'm seeking the kingdom? How do I know if I'm making his kingdom my pursuit and priority? My answer to you would be examine your prayers. Examine, watch this, your plans and your pursuits. Hear this, are your prayers more focused on your agenda rather than what God wants to do in your life? Somebody say, that's a problem. Are your, pr- your plans more centered on your desires rather than what God desires for your life? I don't care who's watching, y'all. I'm making one of the most difficult decisions in my life in the next few months concerning my job. And I don't know how to see my own self up out of it. But I've committed myself to know that this is God's desire for my life. So that's, that's it, y'all. And watch this. I don't care who watching either. I don't care who watching. My wife may get me later. You know, you are only good to people while you're with them. And as soon as you make a decision for God, what happened to all the accolades you used to give me? Oh, Keith, we just love what you're doing here. And then you get no support when you make a decision. Because watch this. And I'm not going to be so concerned about their backing. I need the backing of heaven. So if it's not God's directions, God's desires, and God's dominion, then you are not seeking his kingdom. God will never supply you access to the kingdom. Watch this. And this is why Matthew 6, 33, I was waiting to get to this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And somebody say, all. All these things shall be added unto you. That's good news to me, y'all. So so here's a word of wisdom. One of the reasons that many fail to make his kingdom a a priority is because many believe that they will miss out on what they believe life has to provide. Some of y'all think y'all going to miss out. Some of say, you ain't missing out on nothing. This is why many folk will say, I just want to live my life first. Oh, I need to pursue this before I pursue God. But it's important to note, hear this, and I said this because I kind of jumped into my my sermon. Sustaining provision, somebody say sustaining, is determined by the priority of your pursuit. Uh, Y'all, I ain't got that on the screen, but you might need to just take note of that. Sustaining provision is only determined by the priority of your pursuit. And this is why folk can get stuff and it won't be sustained. Somebody say, I need it sustained in my life. And notice this. This is why King Solomon declared this in Ecclesiastes 1.14. I have seen all the works which have been done under the sun. And behold, all is futility and striving after the wind. When you pursue anything under the S-U-N and not in the S-O-N, it will not be sustaining. And notice this. This is why the latter portion of the text in Matthew 6.33 said to be added unto you. Notice the word that God uses in the text. He didn't say, I'm going to give it to you. He didn't say, I'm going to bless you with it. He said, I'm going to add it to you. In other words, it becomes a part of who I am. Now, that's good, y'all. That God says, I'm going to give you something that can be sustained. I don't want nothing that nobody can rob of me. I need some stuff. Someone say, add it unto me. What a good word, God. Thank you. God, if my priorities were out of whack, if my pursuit was out of whack, God, align me with your priority. Because watch this. 
And I, this, this is good, too. I ain't put it on the screen. Because you will miss your provision when you mismanage your priorities. You will miss your provision when you mismanage your priorities. Somebody say, align my priorities. Oh, yes, God. Help us on today. I want access to your kingdom. Because you're really missing out when you fail to seek his kingdom. And that includes access to his kingdom. Somebody say, I need access. So here's the next thing in our text. Look at verse number 58. It says, and Jesus said to him, foxes have hold and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. We may not like this, but although um, in order to gain access to the kingdom of God, it will require us to give up some things. You've got to make room in your life for God to make room in you. So it's always going to require you. Somebody say a sacrifice. And I made mention of this last week concerning the authentic, authenticity of his kingdom. I shared that God's kingdom is revealed by the degree of attacks of hell on your life. All right. So it will require many times kingdom work and serving in the kingdom will require us being stretched beyond our comfort. If I want access, somebody say, I got to be stretched. Yeah, he's going to stretch you. He's going to stretch you. This is why Jesus says foxes have holes. And birds of the air have nests. See, when you get with God and you have to follow God, someone say it's going to be some uncomfortable things. Yeah, that means, watch this, at times, uh, the kingdom work will move us beyond our comfort. God going to ask you to pray for somebody. God going to ask you to speak a word. Somebody say he's going to stretch you. Kingdom work will cause us to confront circumstances that we may not be accustomed to. He's going to have you call out saying, somebody say, even in your own mama life. I know you sitting next to your mama, Sham. I ain't talking about you. And kingdom work will call you into spaces that simply stretch and require your faith. That, that, that's really kingdom. This is, this is why the Bible says that we go from faith to faith. I'm in a season of my life, my, my wife and I, where we don't know what to do. This somebody say this baby one playing. <laughs> We, we keep saying we ain't got no room in this apartment for this baby, and we need God to move. Yeah, God, because if, if you don't move, that baby going to be sleeping on that couch. We, we need God to move. Lord, thy kingdom come. So, in other words, access to God's kingdom will require us to sacrifice for his kingdom. And some, some believers may be saying, why? Because God's desire, remember this, is that his kingdom be advanced, or in other words, stretched in the earth. So if you're unwilling God to allow God to stretch you, then God can't trust you to advance his kingdom. Yeah. No, the, the kingdom has to be advanced. So he has to get you to get out of your comfort zones. He can't, he can't move with unbelievers that just don't want to be stretched by God. Someone say, I got to be stretched. You're no good, and watch this, you're no good to God without you being stretched. He can't give you access to his kingdom if you're unwilling to be stretched. Somebody say, Lord, stretch me, Lord. Yeah, stretch us. And one of the problems with many believers is that they are advancing another kingdom in their lives and not God. God, stretch us. Notice what Romans 12, 1 through 2a says, since y'all don't believe me. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Somebody say a living sacrifice. That means every day with your life, daily, you are supposed to be a living sacrifice. 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So as soon as you get saved, that's what I'm saying it's reasonable for me to do that. This means your ability to sacrifice is a prerequisite to your reasonable service. You're no service to God without sacrificing yourself. God can't use you. God can't do nothing with you. All you're going to do is sit down and have a title that I'm a Christian and a believer and not be used by God. I'm going to give up all of this. God, I was giving up all kind of stuff. I was giving up all my fleshly desires. If I'm going to give up all of that, someone say I need to be used by God. I could have been still in these streets. If I ain't going to be used by God. Yeah, you can't be a service to God or his kingdom until you're willing to sacrifice. So the critical questions we got to ask ourselves is, watch this. Are you willing to sacrifice for the advancement of God's kingdom? This is when God saved you and he puts you into a circumstance where you're around a co-worker. And you got to call out something in their life. Or you start, you know, this is one of my struggles, y'all. When I got saved and, you know, you go into the barbershop and then the barber trying to talk all kind of foolishness in you. You got to let them know, I don't live like that no more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. what God is saying, I need you to sacrifice. Because that barber will never know about the kingdom of God unless I sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice, sacrifice. He's going to pull me out of my comfort zones. So, because, and watch this, if we can't answer that question with confidence, then God will never give us access to his kingdom. Because if we desire to have access to God's kingdom and advance his kingdom, we must be reminded of what the apostle Peter declared in 1 Peter 2 and 5. Notice this. He said, you also as living stones are being built up, I hope so, as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, that's why I've been saved. To be a sacrifice. And and watch this, to offer up, not just one sacrifice. Sacrifice is. Because I'm trying to, somebody say, advance his kingdom. It's going to stretch y'all. I know you don't like that. I know you still want to talk like that with your homegirls and your homeboys. But God wants you to sacrifice yourself. Because sacrifices that are acceptable to God give us access to his kingdom. I'm almost done, y'all. I just needed to lay this groundwork because really what I want to walk into next week is what does that authority look like? Because that's what we really want to walk in. Notice this last portion of the text, 59 through 61. Then he said to another, follow me. He said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus was blood raw right there. I need, I need to bury my daddy. Come on now. But go and preach the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you what he was really trying to say. He wasn't going to come back. He was going to go to that funeral and get some food. And he wasn't going to come back to Jesus. He was like, Jesus, I was looking for you. No, you weren't. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Hear this. Obedience is always an open door to God's kingdom. The greatest way to open a door is not a seed, it's obedience. The greatest way to open a door is not really on your face, it's obedience. I'm going to say obedience. Yeah, I I, I want obedience. And, And hear this, and one of the reasons that many fail to gain interest to God's kingdom is because many believers have excuses. We can come up with the most excuses. And watch this. This is why excuses are found in our foundational text. Lord, let me first and go and bury my father. Somebody say that's a good excuse. I 
got folk at, I ain't seen them folk. I ain't seen my family in a minute, God. You know that. I don't know when they're coming back. Let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. I'm going to say, that's a good excuse. Their convenience, but in other words, their convenience was more important to them than their obedience to God. And that's when it becomes, some say, a problem. The sad reality is, is that it's true for many believers. We obey God when it's convenient for us. We allow him to order our steps when it's convenient for us. And we offer our will to him only when it's convenient. It's important to note that your convenience will never give you entrance into God's kingdom. So it's critical to understand that your, watch this, that your significance in the kingdom is determined by your submission to the kingdom. The way that his kingdom deems me worthy is how willing I'm, I'm, I am to submit to his kingdom. Somebody say submit. submit. Yeah, I got to submit. So in other words, we gain access by submission to the kingdom. In other words, and I don't know if I put this on my screen, can God trust you with what he has called you to do? Can God trust you to be obedient to the assignments he gives you? Can God trust you to say what he demands you to say? Because if God can't trust you to obey, he can't trust you with his kingdom. The reason why many people can have kingdom in their church name and God never give them any portion of the kingdom is because he can't trust them with his kingdom. He needs us, somebody say, to be obedient. Because watch this, and I said it, I got it on, I did put it on the screen. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. The Bible says, and his affections are greater for you as he remembers the obedience of you all. If I want to be in good standing with God, somebody say it requires obedience. I don't care. I, listen, I, and I'm going to say this because I am the pastor. It don't matter how well the pastor speak of you. It don't matter how well the pastor hug on you. It's not him that gives you good standing with God. Somebody say, it's my obedience. And here, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it real good. Everybody that's watching, many of y'all are more obedient to your pastor than you are to God. And you wonder why when you need God, God never shows up. Because he can't trust you. Watch this with his kingdom. Listen, I got to be careful in my own life because, listen, I love all of y'all. And sometimes because I love y'all so much, I will do things without even count, getting counsel from God. So I said, that's dangerous. But I ask God before I help y'all. So if y'all ask me, if y'all ask me, y'all better say, Pastor Keep, ask God too. Because watch this, this means God's heart finds security in the one who continually submits. I want God to find security in my heart. I want his heart to find security in me. And it's only given to those that continually, his affection grows greater. Oh, that's good news, y'all. If you really want God to love you, somebody say, be obedient. And watch this. Here's a word of wisdom. Your disobedience to the kingdom is a danger to the kingdom. And here lies one of the reasons why God won't give you, give the disobedient access to the resources of the kingdom when he knows you will be reckless. Watch this with the kingdom. This is why he warns believers with these words in a lot of portion of Matthew 25, 29. Notice this. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, God, if, if God says, I'm going to get it. I'm going to try this one out. I know they've been a little off here and there, but God don't operate like that. 
If he knows I can't trust you with that access, you'll be reckless with it. These in this text, there was one that did nothing with what God gave them. And not only he didn't say, well, God, can I at least keep what you gave me? He said, even what he has will be taken away. Somebody say, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. So God, whatever you're asking of me, I know I can't really see my way through it. I'm going to follow you. This is why the first one said, I'll follow you wherever you go. God, I, I, I know that I don't have the money, the expertise to see my way through for the rest of the year. But if you tell me to go, somebody say, I'll go. Yeah. Because I don't want God to take away even the very little that I have. Because I was disobedient with what he gave me. God would not only entrust his stuff. He won't entrust his stuff to the disobedient, but he would take his stuff from the disobedient believer. And this includes access to his kingdom. I heard a preacher say it this way. Me and my wife joke about it because of the preacher that said it. They say God is the only one that'll fire you and let you keep on working. In other words, there's no anointing in what I'm doing. I'm someone say I'm gonna give you a Bible. Saul was still king, but he had no anointing. So what he was even given, God took it away. If, I'm, if God, you're going to place me in something, I need to be effective in it. So, so, so somebody say, I've got to be obedient. Yeah, i got to be obedient. And this is why if we desire access to his kingdom, it will require that we submit to his kingdom. Someone say, that's a hard thing. One of the things that is difficult for me as a pastor is that God is taking me through journeys as I teach to y'all. I'm like, God, I don't want to go through that. I'm like, God, I don't know where my little money from I'm going to come from, but I trust you. See, he, he using me to help y'all. I'm going to go through it, y'all, and I'm going to have a testimony later. It, but somebody say, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. I'm praying for my own self. The authority of the kingdom must always be preceded by access to God's kingdom. If we want authority, somebody say, I need access. Yeah, I need access. Therefore, as believers, we can't afford to fail not to have access to his kingdom. Ooh, somebody say, it's critical. And this is, watch what Jesus reminds us in Matthew 7, 21. That we will, that not all will have access to God's kingdom. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Someone say that's access. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. So that means, watch this, you can claim his name and still not have access. You can call his name and still not have access. How many believers are claiming and calling his name and don't have access? Someone say that's sad. And this is why Jesus in our foundational text reminds us, and this must also be our pursuit if we desire access to God's kingdom. It will require that we seek his kingdom. And it's as simple as this. God, if I'm going to pursue it, I need you to be in it. Somebody say that's seeking his kingdom. God, if you want me to have it, go before me. Somebody say that's seeking his kingdom. It's not that deep, y'all. They, they done made it too deep. I know the old church. I love the old church. I love the mothers of the old church. But sometimes we made stuff too deep and over our head that we think we can't access that stuff. What says God? Somebody say God makes it simple. Yeah, he makes it simple. And this is why Jesus and I found it. So he says, I've got to seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. And all that other stuff, somebody say, it'll be added unto me. 
sustaining provision is based on the, um, the priorities of your pursuit. So in other words, we also got to sacrifice for the kingdom. It's going to pull you outside of your comfort zone. God wants to advance his kingdom. So I know you good with ministering to the little babies in your home, but God is trying to stretch you. There's somebody on your job that needs to know about the kingdom. And I know you've been scared to do it because you think, who is separation of church and state? But if God called you to it, somebody say, you better do it. Yeah, he gonna, he's going to stretch you. He's going to stretch your faith in order to the advance the kingdom. And here's one of the reasons by me saying, Pastor Keith, why do I have to go through trials and tribulations for God's kingdom to be advanced? The Bible says that we go from faith to faith. So when God takes me out of one difficult situation to another, my faith is at another level. So that gives me now the ability to know that God can do some stuff that some other folk don't know God can do. And God can't trust me to believe that he can do the miraculous without doing it first in my life. This is why I say if you're going to advance the kingdom, God got life has to be advanced in you. And the reason that in the way that God advances in us, somebody say we don't like it, but sometimes he does it through trials. So the sacrifice and then we got to submit to the kingdom. Whatever God says, do. Somebody said we got to do it. Because, listen, I ain't got a lot of stuff. I ain't got a lot of money. I ain't got a lot of resources. So I can't afford for God to take my little if I'm not obedient first over the little. Ooh, God, don't take that from me because that's all. Somebody say that's all I got. That's all I got, God. Don't take it. Don't take it. Yet I believe Jesus reveals one more requirement for access to God's kingdom. Consider verse 62 when I'm done. The Bible says, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. In other words, God gives access to the kingdom to, to those who do kingdom work for the sake of the kingdom. In other words, for his glory. Many preachers, pastors, ministers, people of God do stuff for their glory and not his. And we, and the reason why God, you're like, wow, how did they fall? What happened to them? They sought their own glory and not his. Somebody say, I can't do that. Everything that we do and everything that God does in my life is for the, king, the glory of his kingdom. So when he blesses you with that money, somebody say it's for his glory. When he blesses you with that child, somebody say it's for his glory. When he blesses you, watch that, with that house, somebody say it's for his glory. That promotion is for his glory. Anything that God does in my life, and watch this, anything that God allows me to do, when I'm standing here before I preach, one of the things I say is God, use me by your spirit. Don't cause me to say anything that your spirit wouldn't have me to say. Because I don't want to go up there taking his glory. Because that little glory that I think I got, he'll take it right away from me. Somebody say, do it for his glory. I'm done, y'all. Let us stand to our feet. Enemy has no foothold on the believer that has the authority of the kingdom. But I first, somebody say, need keys. Someone say, I need keys. I need access. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for this time together in your word. We thank you, God, for speaking to us. Oh, God, I thank you, God, even for many of us that are. um, This is a sermon, God, but we are walking this thing out right now. 
Some of us are walking this out, God, and it's a hard thing. But God, we know, God, that there shall be glory after this. Not our glory, but yours. So God, I pray for your people today. Help us, God. We desire, yes, to advance your kingdom. But God, we know, God, that your kingdom has to be first advanced in us. So God, help us today, God, we pray. Help us today, God, we pray. It's a hard thing. God, I believe, speaking to my wife, God, there's a scripture in the, you were teaching, Jesus was teaching them, and they said, this is a hard thing that you ask of us. But God, we know we need access. So help us, God, we pray. Help us to seek ye first your kingdom and its righteousness. Let that be our priority. We want sustaining provision. Whatever, God, you place in our hands, God, we want to keep it. So, God, let us seek your kingdom. God, wherever you are, God, go before us. Let us not go anywhere, God, that you are not. God, as Moses declared, God, if you don't go with us, God, don't beg, don't bid us to go. God, we need you to go wherever we find ourselves. If it's a job, be in that job. If it's a marriage, God, be in that marriage. God, if it's a contract, God, any event, God, any agreement, God, be in it. God, we want to seek your kingdom. And it ain't that deep, God. We just need you to be in it. Someone say, it ain't that deep. We just need God to be in it. And God, we ask you, God, that you help us sacrifice. Stretch us, God, we pray. If you got to do it through trials, God, we'll consider it pure joy, as James said. Because, God, we know, God, you can't trust us with your stuff if you can't stretch us. Help us to be stretched by you, God. Let us sacrifice, God. It's our reasonable service. If we want to be used by you, God, we got to sacrifice for you, our lives. And God, help us to submit. Be obedient. Open doors is given to the obedience. Somebody say open doors. Begin to open doors in your, your people's lives, God. We, we need this to be a season of open doors. So God, now make us obedient. Cause us to align with your word, God. When you say it, God, we'll move without hesitation. Open doors for us, God, we pray. It's not in our seed. God, it's not how cool we are with the pastor, but it's by way of our obedience. And for that, God, we say thank you. And God, we'll do it for your glory. We'll do it for your glory. God, when you bless us, God, we'll give you the glory. God, when you open up the door, God, we'll give you the glory. When you heal us, God, we'll give you the glory. God, cause us not to be a people that snatches and takes your glory. For your word declares, God, let no flesh glory in your presence. We'll give you the glory and all that you cause us to do. We'll do it for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name. And every believer that believe, say thank God. And amen. Somebody give God a hand clap. Praise.